ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith. That was a launching noise. And and to invite others to live it. Other shows at this point might say, cut, retake, but no, Ignition presses on. Boldly. Because our sound engineer is out of the room. That's right. We could still start over. We could give the whole clap. No, let's just go. Before we preparing, just go. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we do love listener feedback. Yes, we love it. Love it. I was waiting for the love it. Ah, but I've done it the last couple of times. I know, I but, but change. Uh, so if you've got questions for today's topic, I, uh, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy please. ways to do that. What are those two easy ways, Father Dickinson? The, the two easy ways are you could email us using ignition at sfcatholic.org. You could also tweet at us with tweeting at sfdiocese using the hashtag ignition. You could also send snail mail to the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. Attention, Dr. Christopher Bergwald. 523 North Duluth Avenue. Duluth. 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 Duluth Avenue. Duluth. My home diocese. I should get that right. Yes. Pronunciation is very important. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. 57104. Correct. I don't know the other four digits. Me either. Okay. So, Which uh, apparently aren't necessary according to the post office. Post office. Post office? Uh, that's what I heard. Post office. So email, Twitter, snail mail. Take your pick. We love listener feedback. Especially letters. When was the last time? I, I could not tell you the last time I wrote a completely handwritten. I send a lot of letters that get typed up. Um, and, Do postcards and sign. count? I'll grant postcards. When, okay. When was the last time you sent a postcard? Oh, pretty, or, I, I have thank you postcards for the Newman Center for Donors and oh, Benefactors. Do yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, I, I don't know when the last time I did. But mm. My handwriting is awful. You wouldn't want... Oh, Christmas cards. Not 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 15, but 14. Okay, nice. I uh, uh, When I was on my retreat this year, uh, I with my journal, I'm making my notes on what went on in my prayer periods. I don't journal in prayer. I journal after the prayer to keep track of things. And uh, I committed myself to writing in cursive the entire time, oh which I haven't done in so long. And so to write long form cursive oh. things was challenging. <laughs> was that a Lenten penance? We talked about Lenten penances last week in Ignition. Did you? Is that no, a- that was just a little like penance or challenge on the retreat that I gave wow. myself. That was just, it was just a little exercise more than anything just to do it. Uh, that'd be a big challenge for me. Um, I had to remember what some capital uh, cursive letters look like. Look right? Yeah. Had, What's the Q? I'd probably have to look it up. Depends which which depends which version of cursive. There were different cursives, different ways to write Q. For, I Q distinctly stands out. Depending on what form of cursive, cursive you were taught, hmm. you'd write the Q differently. I was not even told that there were forms. Oh, there of were. Cursive. Di- oh, yeah. We learned that in Minnesota. But this is not in an the episode Diocese of Duluth. That's not an episode about this is not an episode about swearing. What? This is not an episode of Ignition about I swearing. I heard you. Cursive. Oh. 
It's an episode about wah, wah, wah. letters. Letters. It is an episode of letters. I totally missed the segue. Really? I totally wow. missed the segue. I wasn't with you at all. I'm sorry. As I even planned to like write us write us a letter. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you were yeah. So we are talking about letters. Yes, we are. So what we're gonna be talking about today about St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Um, this is part of an occasional series that we do um, on ignition, looking at just giving a, a basic introduction into the books of the Bible. And we actually begin began with um with with the new testament so we started with of course with matthew and we were working our way through matthew mark luke john acts romans first set corinthians galatians Ephesians, Ephesians, which is where we are today. So, uh, if you're if you're curious, check the archives um, at Lamb Radio or at uh, sfcatholic.org, the Diocesan website. There you go to uh, media files, audio files. You'll find uh, past episodes of Ignition. Um, uh, so, so we are looking again today at Saint Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So, uh, Father, I, it, I think I feel as a matter of justice, I need to acknowledge at least for me yeah, one of my sources. Um, there, the Ignatius. Ignatius Catholic Study Bible New Testament um, from Ignatius Press, uh, edited, uh, written by Scott Hahn, Dr. Scott Hahn, and Curtis Mitch, um, is a fantastic resource for uh, New Testament commentary. You didn't suppose they'd want to sponsor this podcast, would they? That'd be great if they did. Okay. Uh, maybe we should reach out to them. I'm just saying, I mean, I'd I, I plug their Bible. Do you? It's a good Bible. It is a good Bible. Yeah. Um, and dear listeners, you should buy one. You should. I mean, if you have the money for it, I mean, I don't yep. want you to break your budget. But it, it's don't a gr- go into debt. It's a, it's great at giving not only an understanding of what the text means, but also the the historical context in what it was written, but also the doctrinal importance. Right. You look like I I see right now on Father's face that well, grin, which normally means he has something to say. Well, I'm just thinking as we're talking about. We'd sponsor them, uh, or we, we'd ask if they'd sponsor us. Um, I'm thinking about uh, the Super Bowl. As we're recording this, the Super Bowl just ended, and Peyton Manning gave his little post-Super Bowl address at the podium, and he just talked about, he, he name-dropped like five oh different products gosh. or something like that. I'm going to use this, and then I'm going to have some of that. You know, the first- I'm going to go make me some Papa John's pizza since I own a bunch of franchises in Colorado. And One of the very first people he congratulated, he high-fived Papa was the John. the Papa John, yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. And then he's going to drink some, yeah. Anyway, some bad tasting beer. <laughs> Sorry, Peyton, but I agree with Father. Yeah. So just, it's not the king of beers. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Uh, I have a, a parishioner. As you as you open to the right page, I have a parishioner who uh, flies commercial airline flights to Germany, and so he brings me back from time to time some like authentic good German beer made under the German purity laws. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the German purity laws for uh, beer? I, I have. Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that like the breweries in Germany had to be cleaner than American operating rooms. Really? No. Why? That's a little. I don't, I don't know exactly what the German purity laws mean, but they taste really good. Yeah, they work. Whatever those laws are, they're working. They're doing it. Uh, the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible New Testament is my go-to resource for this occasional series in ignition. That was well done. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> so, um, wow. Live recorded radio. That's right. Uh, so so 
what what I'm going to share uh, is not only not just what we find in here, but but a lot of some of the details uh, found this. I find this to be a very helpful resource. So if you want to know more about St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, uh, my first recommendation would be read it. Read it. My second recommendation would be take a look at this study Bible for more commentary. Edited or uh, commentaries by Han and Mitch? Commentaries by. They don't edit St. Paul's letters. Well, I mean, they do what they edit their comments or something like that. Yeah. All right. So who wrote this letter? (laughs) Is this a trick question? I don't know. Is it? So the reason we, we, because if if you've listened to these... um, this occasional series, we all always start by talking about the author of the work. And well, duh, it's St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, but I think it's worth talking about Father. I don't know about you, but because biblical scholarship comes sometimes can be a little confusing. Yep. Um, More uh, confusing than ignition. <laughs> which it's hard to believe, but but true. Um, so, so biblical theology or biblical scholarship rather, um, has called into question, uh, the authorship of a number of books of the Bible. Um, uh, sometimes it affirms what we've traditionally held, but sometimes not. And this is one of the cases where not, uh, there's, I don't know if it's the majority, but there's a pretty broad, um, scholarly opinion that St. Paul did not write St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Well, no, I mean, I, I'd agree with that. I think Paul wrote it. Because I don't think yeah. he referred to himself as St. Paul. Yeah. So I, I, I knew. So in my show notes, dear listener, <laughs> I, I mentioned that the author refers to himself as St. Paul in a couple different places. And Father put question marks. And what is the question marks about? And then I realized the questions were, question marks were about St. Paul. Right. He does not refer to himself as St. Paul. Uh, he does refer to himself as Paul, however, um, and traditionally it was ascribed to him. Right. Uh, and I, t- go ahead. Well, I, I just you know um, you, you notice a number of different things about why people think this, and, and uh, scholars would purport that this is not actually written by by Paul, who has become a saint. Um, but uh, you know, and you talk about the different styles. That's a different style from the other Pauline le- letters. It's calmer. It's less aggressive. Um, people do all sorts of analysis like this. Part of me just thinks like, well, they're doctoral students who need to write something to justify their degree, you know, and, uh, and to try and be unique in the world. Um, but also like, I just want to believe that it's written by who it says it's written by until proven otherwise. And we have these theories, we don't have actual proof about it. Right. And we have him writing, I, Paul wrote this. Right. And, and to some degree, and, and I suppose somebody could push me a little bit on this, to some degree, it doesn't matter. I mean, in the end, it, the author is God. Right. The inspiring author is God. Right. Who's right. the inspired right. author. Right. Yeah. So say, so it, the reason I say that is it wouldn't shatter my faith if somehow there was proof that Paul of Tarsus didn't write the letter to the Ephesians as described right. him. Right. But it's very much written in the Pauline school. It is. So just to give a good example of this, actually, um, the letter to the Hebrews traditionally was ascribed to St. Paul. And it's, it's, it's not, a, there's a definitely a broad opinion that that's not the case. So much so that in, at mass, we simply refer to a reading from, from the letter to the Hebrews. Right. Whereas in the past, we referred to St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. And it's also why it's located at the end of the Pauline letters in the New Testament. Uh, because even when it was uh, put into the canon at the Council of Nicaea, uh, there's probably even questions in that way at that time. Right. So 
that, that's why in one sense it doesn't really matter. However, it, it does seem I, I, I am with the school that, that follows the traditional um, uh, what, when, when you acknowledge who wrote the, the, the tradition, whatever that St. Paul, the traditional view that St. Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians. Um, again, as you mentioned, Father, the, the, re- the reason there's questions is because it's written in a, a, a somewhat of a different style from some of the other letters. Um, but, but I think there are good reasons for that. Good reasons for why uh, Ephesians doesn't read like some of the other Pauline letters. First and foremost, um, in writing to the church in Ephesus, um, just historically, apparently, the Ephesians weren't mired in controversy the way that that Christians were in other places that Paul wrote to. And so his tone's going to be different. Right. I mean, if if they're not following some doctrinal error, if they're not following falling into some moral sin of some sort, widespread and so on, um, if, if they're doing that, they're not doing that, then he's, he gets to write a different letter. Okay, um, yeah. So. It's not an occasional letter in that sense. It's uh, it's more of a general letter. Right, right, right. right. Well, I mean, because Romans isn't as um, aggressive or conflict-based. I mean, Romans is a little calmer as well, uh, and that's he's writing to a community that he hopes to come to. Right. I think probably people are thinking of Corinthians. Corinthians and Galatians. Right, as as places that... Right. that where he's definitely much more aggressive in his tone. Uh, Philippians isn't that aggressive. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, probably St. Paul is the author. I go with that. Uh, Writing probably um, in the early 60s because he refers to his his arrest. That's not the 1960s. That's 60s. The the 60s. The the zero, zero 60s. Yeah. Those. The 60s. The, the 60s. 60s. Uh, so he was arrested uh, in under house arrest in Rome. Um, he refers to his imprisonment. So that's that's probably you know again if it, if that's wrong a bit, it's not the end of the world. But that's that's the view that many people take. So writing probably to Ephesus. Now the interesting thing here is Father, um, some of the most ancient manuscripts that we have of the letter because we don't have the original copies, right. but the ancient copies that we have the most ancient. Some of them don't say to Ephesus or, or hmm. refer to. So it's possible he was writing for the general area. We don't know for certain, but the, I, again, the the traditional view has been that he was writing to Ephesus, which was a major city, the major city in the Roman province of Asia, which t- today is southwestern Turkey. So probably writing to a very specific group of Christians in what is today southwestern Turkey. So uh, we're talking about St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians in our New Testament uh, books series. If you want to write to us, uh, you can do that here in Ignition by using our email, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweeting at us, tweeting at sfdiocese with the hashtag ignition with questions, comments, uh, requests for future episodes, things like that. So we're ta- again, we're talking about St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Just talked a bit about where Ephesus was. I think... Uh, Time-wise, we need to jump into the themes and the characteristics of this uh, wonderful letter by St. Paul, uh, since uh, uh, we're kind of fast running out of time in this in this episode. That usually happens to us, Father. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, St. Paul was not writing primarily because of errors or issues um, that the church in Ephesus was facing, unlike other places, as, as we were just saying earlier. Um, he addresses some errors, some issues, and so on, but they're not to focus uh, in the letter to the Ephesians as, as they are in other letters. Instead, 
St. Paul is, is, is taking a step back, if you will, um, and, and, and presenting in this letter uh, a vision, his vision, the vision, perhaps even, of God's saving work, which has been accomplished in Jesus Christ, um, giving us, giving the Ephesians, and then by extension, all of us, um, his his perspective, his understanding of how God has accomplished his salvation in and through his son. Right. And, uh, which is good. I mean, it's, which is part of the beauty of Ephesians. What I like about Ephesians is that it's more kind of synthesized in this way. So you're not trying to pull universals out of maybe a particular statement. So, hey, you're in this particular situation. This is how you should handle it. And you're having to pull universals out from that statement. Whereas here, um, you have more of kind of universal broad statements, which I think are a little more inviting to the reader in that regard. So um, I, I want to do a, a quick tangent here. Um, okay. I'm always impressed by when we do in this series, um, how readily you are, how easy it is for you just to comment on on certain things, especially we're going. To, I know that here we're going to be getting as we get into the themes and so on. Um, you're going to be commenting some things, but but the familiarity you have with the scriptures, and I would say, I, I would venture to say, I don't know this for certain, not so much because of your seminary education, but of things that have come later. So I'm wondering, like, how how is it that you are so familiar with Ephesians in this case? Ah. Uh. My, my, my familiarity just with like the book itself and yeah you know um i was like one of my biggest sources of familiarity has just been praying with it you know so like the liturgy of the hours relies on ephesians a lot uh the wedding ritual relies on ephesians a lot um and just even like uh in my own discovery of the bible as a young man uh like praying with passages from ephesians was very important to me in that regard and, and it's this, it's it's other letters as well and i, I suspected it was that i mean you, dear listener, uh, may not be aware that that Catholic priests um, pray the Liturgy of the Hours, which is almost entirely Scripture, right. very heavily, eighty um, percent probably better. A lot 79. of seventy-nine percent. Sorry, thank you for the correction. Uh, definitely a lot of Psalms, but also a lot of uh, readings from the the New Testament letters, including Saint Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And I would just over the years of your priesthood prayerfully praying the liturgy of the hours it, it it becomes part of the 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 fiber of your being i would imagine it does it does it becomes like a vocabulary uh uh for you a second vocabulary just as like you know if, if a listener is a, a big watcher of certain tv shows lines or phrases from that tv show become part of your vocabulary so in the same way uh this uh, uh when, when you're praying with these on a regular basis, they become just part of your life. Right. Okay. So I think that's beautiful. So thank you for yeah. that. And, and, that, and that's my, again, that's my favorite way to like, I think for me, one of the big realizations in my life was, um, you know, I was visiting with a professor and I was just kind of blown away about how like smart this professor was or things like that. And it, it just kind of like, you know, they didn't get there overnight. Right. Right. You know, like how many references they had or, um, you know, someone, uh, we had our 250th episode of Ignition and beforehand we were talking a bit, uh, and one of the, one of the guest hosts, Emily Hoffman, who works at the diocese says, you know, father, I never get your references, uh, to things. And, uh, it's just like, well, I've just, I've read more and I've seen more and right. just, you know, when you, right. when you read more and you pay attention to more, you, you can refer to more right. in that way. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, if, if, 
you want to, if you want to be able to refer to scripture more often, read it more often. Right. And I, but read it prayerfully in particular. Right. right. In a way where it kind of becomes part of you. Right. Yep. Okay. So thank, so again, thank you for, for that, that witness, which you are at least to me, if not to any other listeners. So uh, themes and characteristics of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I think uh, the key theme, Father, is the mystery of Jesus Christ, which was hidden once, but now has been made manifest, has been revealed. Right. And so I, I love the line from Ephesians chapter one uh, in that regard, which is one of the lines, uh, one of the passages we pray a lot in uh, the Liturgy of the Hours, every week you pray, I believe, on Monday nights, I think, actually. Uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, and he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blemished before him. In love, he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ in accord with the favor of his will, for the praise of the glory of his grace, which that he granted to us in the Beloved. And so, uh, and there's some other passages that go on that way, but just to leave it there, let you read uh, chapter one yourself, this idea though of, of the Father's plan of salvation accomplished in Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit and now revealed to us. Why did you say it that way and now revealed to us? Um, because the Father's plan was from all eternity, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but now made evident. And, and for St. Paul, that's so important, this idea that now in Jesus Christ, everything has become clear. And, clear. and that's why St. Paul refers a lot to the end times, the final times. So it's not final times in the sense that the asteroid is within 100 miles of Earth. Uh, we're in the final times in the sense that the final revelation of the meaning of life and the meaning of God's relationship with the human race and God's plan for the human race has been revealed in Jesus Christ. The final times, the fullness of time came with the incarnation. Right. Jesus, the word of God taking flesh in the womb of Mary from Nazareth. Right. Who is that revelation of God? Right. Jesus. Right. Yep. Right. And so uh, just that, that importance of that um, sort of revelation in that way. Okay. Okay. Another passage that, that strikes you uh, that way? You know, um, yeah, and this is uh, this is one that I discovered actually uh, when I was in college, and I was looking to be praying uh, for some people who were on retreat, and uh, uh, actually hand wrote this passage. We talked about handwriting letters. Actually, hand wrote this passage to uh, a lot of people that were going on this retreat, and I actually made this my prayer for them. So it's Ephesians chapter three, verses fourteen uh, to twenty-one. Okay. Uh, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named that he may grant you in accord with the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in the inner self, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the holy ones what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, and it goes on a bit, but just uh, just this idea again of, of the immensity of God's plan and how we're now united, or we're now united to this plan and brought into this plan in Jesus Christ. And it's also actually we didn't mention this before, but uh, for the Ephesians who themselves are not uh, of the the covenant of Abraham, and so the covenant of Abraham was just for his descendants and and David and Moses, but now we're brought into that covenant family through Jesus Christ through the waters of baptism, uh, all peoples of this earth, all women, all men, uh, no matter what their uh, racial, ethnic background, are brought into the kingdom of God. Father, that's that's been something that probably, um, even since last fall, has really struck me. And and 
what is the that that I was referring to? The fact that the church from her very beginning, as she began to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, not only to fellow Jews, but also to the Gentiles, still emphasized the fact that that Christ came to fulfill and complete the old covenant, that the new fulfills the so so. For example, last liturgical year, we uh, year B, we, uh, Mark was our primary gospel for the Sunday readings, and yet Mark, writing to Gentile Christians, emphasizes the the fact that Jesus completes the Old Testament, the mm-hmm. old covenant, and and just that that whole. Uh, yeah, I, I could say a lot more about that. I'm just struck by that, how, how the church from her beginning has emphasized that continuity and fulfillment between the new and the old. So. Yeah, but which is just, and, and St. Paul loves seeing that kind of symphony and that beauty in that way. And you hear more about that in some other letters, including the letter to the Hebrews, uh, which we talked about before. But uh, St. Paul loves putting in those those sorts of points. Right, right. So that theme, that 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 the key theme of the mystery of Jesus Christ hidden and now revealed, um, Paul talks about Jesus, how his redemption for us through his sacrifice on the cross. But he also in this letter, and we just take the last couple of minutes to talk about this, Father, um, t- talks about the mystery of his body, the church. Right. Um, and so this idea of the again, which we've talked about before in his uh, from the Acts of the Apostles, his kind of cornerstone uh, experience was his conversion experience of. Christ identifying himself with other Christians right. as being part of uh, his body. Uh, and so there's some great passages on this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, talking about the various parts and gifts of the body of Christ. Um, uh, there'd be a unity in the body. Um, yeah, that some people do one thing, some people do another thing in the body, but all of them uh, work together as one. Um, you know, and I, which is just a great model of the church. I think sometimes we've lost that model of the church these right, days. Right. Um, and especially with kind of the, the Marxist idea of competition and haves and have-nots, which has kind of polluted our thought uh, in the world that we live in today. Instead of seeing a complementarity of differences, now we have like an envy of differences. Right, right, where I want the gifts that you have. Right. Yeah. And because you have, I cannot have, and so therefore it's unfair. Right, unjust, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, but with the body and the image of the body, there's this complementarity uh, and this beauty, uh, which carries over as well to like Ephesians chapter five and the section in verse 22 and following on the relationship between husband and wife, which you could probably do an entire right. episode on. Right, right. Um, especially since we only have a minute left. <laughs> uh, and then just another passage I'd love to mention would be Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 to 17. Um, but, but Ephesians chapter 5 in the section on uh, husband and wife really does deserve its entire episode uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. But Ephesians chapter 6 and that idea of the battle against evil and constancy of prayer and to be girded with the armor right. of God, just the reality of the Christian life um, exposes us to attack and to assault in that way. And that in some ways, like the enemy, uh, our spiritual enemy, Satan, the one whom Jesus came to defeat, Jesus didn't come to defeat the Romans. Right. He didn't come to defeat uh, the Democrats or the Republicans. He came to repeat to defeat Satan. And Satan, when we align ourselves with Jesus Christ and publicly align ourselves with Jesus Christ, then Satan is all the more active against us. Right. And so that, that powerful testimony in Ephesians 6, to be prepared for that. Yes, uh, purposely prepared for that with eyes wide open. Amen. 
great episode, Father. Um, we're going to wrap things up for today uh, with this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.